0: So I just want to share a, a message with you this morning, and uh, it's about boldness to approach God. The, the, uh, the privilege that we have been given as believers to have access to the presence of God is just amazing. I've been a Christian, I became a Christian when I was about eight years old. Uh, uh, my, my dad, I wasn't brought up in a Christian home, my, my dad said there must be a God if my son can become a Christian. And, uh, but, you know, even, and many of you have been Christians much longer than I have, but it's just wonderful just to increasingly, uh, regularly just see a different aspect of who God is, of um, just to, to never get to the end of a journey of discovering what it is to know God and his character and his love. And so today I, I you know you may have been a Christian a long time, but I want just, just to share with you if that's okay, um, just what it is, the, the wonder of what it is that of, of us as children of God having uh, the the privilege of having access, boldness to be able to come into God's presence. So Hebrews four verse sixteen says this. It says, Let us approach the throne of grace, and if it's a different Slightly different um, translation, please bear with me. Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence, with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Is there anybody here today who needs some, some mercy? I, I do. Oh, there's a couple of like, yes. Uh, it's not, not, a, not a bad thing to, to actually know that we're dependent upon God and his mercy. mercy. But the, the, the invitation is to come boldly. And um, not to become, not to come arrogantly, not disrespectfully to God, but to come with confidence. And why is that? Because He is our Father. And you know, the the wonder and the mystery of of it all is that although God is creator, although He is sovereign, although He is all-powerful, He is the judge, actually He has every right to stop us from coming to Him, yet... The invitation from God, this most incredible, awesome God, is come to me. And um, I want us this morning just to explore that um, a little bit. It's, it's an awesome thing. So how is that possible? How can we really know God like that? How can actually we move from a place of thinking about what is going to make me comfortable to focusing and encountering God in a new way. So I've got three points. It's a three-point sermon, so you'll be uh, happy about that. Uh, So the first point is, God loves you with a love that never, never gives up. I don't think it's impossible to actually um, think about the concept of coming boldly to God without actually realizing, or really getting that revelation of God's love for us. Now, I don't know if there's anybody here who has ever felt uh, overlooked or insignificant in the eyes of others or God. I don't know if there's anybody here, but um, in each of us, there is a need in some way for recognition or to be valued. Sometimes we think, um, will somebody see me as special? Uh, will somebody ever show interest in me? I mean, maybe, I've, maybe you feel that no one's ever taken that interest in you before. We can believe a lie. Actually, what is my life? It's insignificant. I'm unimportant. There's nothing special about me. Nobody loves me, and I don't really feel of great value. Oh, my goodness. Woe is me. But you know, the Bible says, and the gospel says, something completely different to that. The gospel says that somebody actually that God has been pursuing you and me right from the moment that we were born. Right from the moment that you were born, not just a human being, but God himself has been pursuing you, looking out for you, going after you. Isn't that amazing? So am I of great value? Does God love me? Yes, he does. The Bible says in uh, Romans 5, verse 7, That when we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When we even turned our backs on him, he came looking for us. He came looking for you. And, uh, you know, the Bible is an account, gives an account of time and time and time again of God reaching out to mankind, sending prophets um, to bring his word and he created a beautiful world as we were driving down today you guys probably don't look at the mountains around you because this this is just normal for you but we're like wow this is just awesome when when we have visitors from south africa we're just i'm just driving down the normal roads that i drive to work and they say oh this is the most beautiful road i've ever been on i'm just like seriously this is just our but um we have we live in an incredible beautiful world don't we we really do and um God, the Bible says that actually that, um, that, that the heavens declare, that, that creation may declare the glory of God. Romans uh, 1 verse 20 says, For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. Or Psalm 19 says the heavens... Declare the glory of the Lord. So, you know, guys, when we didn't even respond to God, God came up with a plan. The most costly display of love that he could ever think of to show you and me that actually he wants you. So we're talking about boldness to approach God and understanding the depth of his love Colossians 1 says that he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us out into the kingdom of the Son that he loves. And you know, one of the attributes of love is that you give with the understanding, actually, that you may not even be loved back. And God, in his generosity, loved us with no guarantee that we would ever love him back But the Bible says that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. Where would we be if it wasn't for seeing what we needed and being willing to lay his life down for you and me? Are we significant? Are we of great value? Does God ever consider us? Amazingly, yes, he does. And the understanding of that and the revelation of that is transformational, isn't it? That God wants to do a work in our hearts. He wants to transform us so that we can be those people that bring the gospel, bring the love, bring that message of forgiveness, bring that message of mercy, bring that message of love to the world. The reason that we're here is not just to have a nice meeting. God wants to do a work in our hearts, fire us up, get us excited, send us out so that we can make a difference uh, to the world around us in whatever context that we that we are in. Um, anybody heard of Michael W. Smith? He was a uh, yeah, he's a songwriter and he he wrote this these words crucified laid behind a stone. He lived to die, rejected and alone, like a rose trampled on the ground, he took the fall but thought of me above it all. So I want us to remind yes, this is this is the gospel. And if you're not a Christian or you say, actually, I'm, I don't know if I'm a Christian or you've you backslidden or you've dropped away from, from God. This is a moment today where God is reaching out to you to say that you are precious, you're special, that you are on God's mind, that he loves you and he's drawing you back to himself today. And um, so there is somebody who has loved you with a display of selfless love. That's what Jesus has done on the cross and after god did all of that how can we ever question does god love me am i of any worth to him yes you are uh, billy graham apparently every time he preached said god god shouts from the cross i love you that was his message that god from the cross shouted to the world i love you and that message is still the same today. It is the most wonderful message, the most wonderful way to live life, knowing actually that with all of our faults, um, with all of the stuff that um, we know about ourselves that maybe nobody else knows, yet God loves us and continues to be committed to transforming us. And I, I think to, to understand that is the only way that we can truly enter into God's presence with boldness it's God's love his overwhelming goodness and understanding that compels us to leave sin behind and accept his offer of new life so he saves us he accepts us and um, we're not just um, known by him but our life becomes joined with him and so that's how we can boldly approach God to know that we have access to him because we are greatly loved Guys, we are greatly loved by God. Never forget that. Never let the enemy speak those lies and those accusations that you're insignificant, not loved. You're going to amount to nothing. No! It's wonderful to know just how precious we are, and God has displayed that through dying on the cross for us. It's an extreme privilege to be loved by God. Okay, secondly... God's love and accept us brings us to a place of intimacy with Him. You know, the Bible gives us different different pictures of our relationship with Him. And one of the pictures is that um, He is the potter and we are the the clay. Not great, is it? I mean, He's he's the potter, but we're the clay, a lump of clay. And... um, But he's the one that's molding us and and shaping us. And um, that's one picture of uh, our relationship with God. Another picture is um, how we are sheep. And he is the shepherd. Uh, A a slightly better, slight progression from clay to sheep. I think I'd rather be a sheep than a lump of clay. Um, A couple of weeks ago, we were down on Ali's mum's farm. And uh, we were doing some lambing. And uh, lambing is not killing sheep. Because we had a few people said, oh, you've been lambing, that means killing. No, no, that, this is about give, you know, helping them to, to give birth. And um, so we know a little bit about sheep. And um, now I know why the Bible talks about sheep, because uh, us as Christians being sheep, because um, sheep get into all sorts of issues and problems, and um, they're, they're a challenge sometimes, but they taste good. So that's, that's... <laughs> So people say to me, how can you... Think of, of eating these little, fluffy, beautiful, and I just, I'm just looking at that back leg, saying that is, that's a good <laughs> leg of lamb. I have no problem thinking about that. But um, So I was going to say sheep. So this is about our relationship with sheep. don't actually have a great reputation as being the most intelligent creatures in the world. So clay, the Bible says sheep. Um, but then it also talks about servants, another analogy of, of our relationship with God, and at least, and that gets us from the, the, the field into the house as servants. But, you know, a servant will, will wipe their feet and watch their manners. And, you know, many Christians don't get past that's, that point of relationship with God. Well, you know, I, I, I'm a Christian and, and, and God's my father, but I, I, I need to wipe my feet and just, I, there's no real intimacy It's better than a a sheep, a servant. But, you know, God wants our relationship to move from being servants to his children, doesn't he? The the Bible says that, that we're called his children. That is what we are. And there's a different relationship to God being a child to being a servant. Yes, in one sense, It's right that we are clay. Yes, in one sense, it's right that we are sheep. Yes, in one sense, that we are servants. But we're also his children. That's the the wonder of this relationship with this beautiful God that he says that we can boldly come into his presence. Uh, Isaiah 62, 3 and 5 says, I will take great delight in you. This is God speaking. I'll take great delight delight in you as a bridegroom rejoices over his bride so I rejoice over you you know it's easy in words like this just to kind of just let them wash over it this is God speaking about you not just the person that's that's beside you that's much nicer and better and more spiritual and holy and perfect than you no this is God speaking to you says I will rejoice over you and we say in return, I am my beloved and his desire is for me. I'm, I'm doing a few uh, m- marriages this year. And uh, let me tell you, there's, there's uh, an excitement and, and uh, there's an intensity uh, and ex- an expectation around marriage. I mean, I meet with these young people that are getting married and, well, they're, boy, they're excited. Just like, well, what's going what's gonna to happen? And just uh, being able to get together and all the stuff that goes with being married just brush over that. Um, but it, there, there's an, there's, it's exciting. There's an, an intensity. And the Bible says that the, the bridegroom rejoices over his bride. He's talking about his, his church. And us as his children, he's excited about our relationship uh, with him. He, God doesn't want just a, a casual Distant intellectual relationship with us, does he? He he wants us to encounter him. He wants to impact our hearts, our thoughts, and our actions. James 4, are you still with me? Yeah. Uh, James 4, verse 7 and 8 says, Submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your heart, your your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So I, I just want to encourage you today, um, have we in some way been reluctant to draw back from God? Uh, maybe from fear, maybe from lack of understanding, maybe just felt that sense of actually, am I really worthy? Am I, am I able to have this deep, intense, passionate, loving relationship with God? Does Will God allow me to Come into his presence in, in that way. Yes, he does, because we are greatly loved with his children. We read it before, but Hebrews 4, verse 16 says, Let us approach the throne of God with grace and confidence. It's an extreme privilege that God has given to us. And this God of love is the one that hasn't given up on you. I mean, where would we be if it wasn't if, if, if God's hand wasn't upon us? What would we be doing? Where would we be? What would our lives look like? Yet we are now a result of God's blessing and goodness on our lives, aren't we? we? We certainly are. It's just incredible. So this is the invitation that we can boldly, not arrogantly, boldly approach him, come into his presence and enjoy his favor. Uh, as we approach the throne of the father is a throne of grace and um, it's described as God's mercy seat so as i said who needs mercy today i'm i need God's mercy i need his love i need his presence i need that in filling i need his strength don't we we do if we're we're honest every single one of us and if you need that it's found in God's presence not in other activities not in, in other places, not in relationship, not other relationships. It's found in the presence of God, being refreshed in Him, finding that, that intimacy with, with God. That's where life is going to flow. That's where strength is going to flow. That's where uh, grace is going to flow. That's where revelation is going to, to flow. So let's a, a, approach God um, through, we can approach him because of the righteousness of Jesus as his children. And uh, so I want, you know, I remember talking to a friend who said um, that they, she wanted to spend quality time with God, just um, connecting with him throughout the day, but she worked in an office. So she said I, that she would go to the loo, uh, other people were out, out the back having a, a smoke break, and um, she would take 10 minutes and, and just go into the into the into the toilet, and just spend time with God there. Just, spend, just connecting in with him uh, just throughout the day. They probably thought, what on earth is she doing in the loo? But they, uh, I don't know. But, but you know, we can, we can do that, you know, to, to cultivate that uh, even just during our work day. Not disconnecting from God, but just taking time, time out just to connect with him, just to thank him for his presence um, with us. Even at work, or go out for for a walk and get time you 've got some beautiful places to walk. Um, how can I cultivate a deeper walk and uh, intimacy with God? Take time out to spend with him. take uh, a day out to go and pray, and just you know it's um, kids are wonderful, but um, just take you know ask some friends to take them out and so that you can yeah get some some space, some time to, to meet with God, book a day out, take a lunch break, to take a, a quiet moment in, in a park or just some time out. But the key is to take intimacy with God seriously um, because the, the, the overflow of that is going to be that you are going to be encouraged, strengthened, and God's going to do a new thing in you. God doesn't want you and I to, to stay the same, does it? you imagine that, just being the same people that we were last year and uh, that going forward? And God wants to continually transform us and give us uh, an even greater picture of his love, a greater revelation of um, our relationship with him so that we can be changed, so that we can make a difference. Because it's not all about us, is it? How terrible is that if, if this, all of this Christianity is just about us and just me being a better Christian for no purpose. Um, God's got a purpose for he loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God wants to do a work in us, yes, to change and complete us and bring us to uh, fulfillment, but it's also for a, a greater purpose of what God wants to do in and through us uh, in the world. And That's what I love about for, being part of 412, um, because it's all about for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So every single one of you has a purpose and a plan in God for, that God wants to, to work in and through. Nobody, there's nobody here uh, that that um, is just sitting in, just saying, "Well, I'm just I'm just freewheeling." There's you know I've just got nothing to do. Um, there's no call of God on my life. That um, you need to get saved if you're thinking that. Uh, it's it's so exciting to be part of what God is doing. So I had a, a story uh, of a guy that was um, walking around a shopping mall with his son. And uh, as children are sometimes, th- this kid was getting uh, a, a, a little bit difficult and um, bored, I guess. And uh, so the, the, the father was was trying to calm the son down. and nothing, But all of the tricks and all the things that he would normally do wasn't, wasn't working. Uh, The the, the child would not um, obey or listen. So in a moment of inspiration, the father picked up the son and he held him close, close to his chest. And he began to sing an impromptu song. And none of the words rhymed. It wasn't in tune, but he did the best that he could. And he started to sing a song. I love you. I'm glad that you're my boy. You make me happy. I like the way that you laugh. And they went from shop to shop and the the father was singing this song and just singing from his heart and telling this boy just how much he meant to him. I love you. You're precious. There's nobody like you to me. And... As he was doing that, the child relaxed and um, eventually they they went back to the car and the father opened the door and he put the son in the car seat. And as he was just about to to buckle him in, the, the, the son said, sing it to me again, dad. Sing it to me. A song that is, to anybody else, would sound painful, yet the father was expressing his heart to the Son. Why not us making our times of prayer to God like that? Rather than just coming with a list of needs that we have, that we simply come to meet with God in a way that we hear him speaking to us. You're special. I love you. I want you. To have that sense of God gathering up us in his arms, drawing us close to himself, singing words of love over us. It's a different encounter, isn't it, than just, um, dear Lord, I want this, 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 and this, amen. It's like, wow, I am experiencing your presence. And God, I want your presence. And thank you, I can have your presence because you, can, you say I can come boldly into your presence to find grace and mercy in my time of need. And I think, you know, as I say, this isn't just so that we can become better Christians. God wants to do a, a work in us for a purpose. For, a, for the calling that is upon it. Do you understand what, what, what I'm saying? It's not about us. Ultimately, God wants to work and transform our lives so that we can be those people that bring transformation and be sent out full of fire, full of encouragement, full of the presence of God. So wherever we are, whatever context we're in, um, God can use us. So just quickly then, just thirdly, and then I'll, I'll finish. I haven't got any clue what time I'm supposed to be finishing, but anyway, I shall just rattle through it until Richard starts twitching and then... Um, so thirdly, then, just, just quickly, you've been very good, by the way. Nobody, I can't see anybody that's dropped off, so well done. Um, experiencing God's presence brings radical change. Who wants to be changed? A few people. Huh? Uh, change, yeah, is, 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 is not always easy or comfortable, but uh, I believe that, actually, God wants to continually to work change uh, in us. And real change occurs... In the, in, the, in the privacy and the intimacy of those moments with God. So this is a different relationship to just having a formal intellectual relationship with God where we just dip in and dip out. But this is, I love that scripture says that in him we live and we move and we have our being, that our whole life, every aspect of our life is um, intertwined with God. Uh, Exodus 34 uh, verse 29 says this, Then Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, and he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. Wow! Amazing. I don't know, has anybody heard of Arthur Blessed? So some, no, nobody, one or two, yeah. Um, he was a guy that, that walked around the world carrying a cross. Most amazing book. Uh, there's a book, uh, one of those uh, um, transformational books that I read. Arthur, Blessed, the Pilgrim, um, and uh, but incredible stories of um, his encounters of walking through the jungle and preaching to um, tribes that had no interaction with any uh, anybody outside. And um, uh, and um, but there was a one time where he encountered uh, Jesus, and um, him and a friend, and they. After this encounter, they came back to their wives, knocked on the, the door of their where they were staying, the, and the, the, his wife opened the door and she screamed, "You've been with Jesus!" The glory, the, he said that the glory of God was so uh, radiant on their face. Actually, his his the, the, the two wives uh, were actually scared to to. to they said, well, the we can the, the glory and the, the the power of God is is so much on it." We, they were actually. Um, you know, it, there was a sense of awe and fear, in a, in a in a, in, a, in, 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 a, in a right way, if you understand. But um, here is Moses; he comes down, and uh, his face is glowing because they had spoken with the Lord. And um, that's always an interesting picture of what happens when we when we get those significant times and periods with God. I've have you ever noticed that sometimes you you, you you meet people and you can just see something about them that, that you just think, oh, you're a godly man or a godly woman. I see in you, in your eyes, I see something about you that is so much Jesus. Why is that? Because they'd spent time in his, in his presence and we can radiate his glory, spending time in his presence, we can change and become different. So if we want boldness to bring Jesus to the world, guys, we need to change our perspectives. We need to change our outlook. And that doesn't come from just um, dipping in and just dipping out and just um, on a Sunday, just trying to last from one Sunday to another. Uh, and I know none of you would do that because you're all perfect and wonderful and uh, we're all different here in South Africa to what we are in, in England. But... Um, you know, just no. It's every day meeting with him, encountering him, and not just a a, um, a a time of just rigidly just doing our duty, but encountering him and hearing those words of love, of acceptance, changing our perspective. Wow, actually, God does love me. Actually, God does want to use me. I am special to Him. Just amazing. There's a story, and I'll just draw to, to a close now. There's a story um, in Mark 9 where um, Jesus asks, is, uh, so the disciples of Jesus are asked to drive out an evil spirit of a, of a boy, and they can't do it. And then Jesus goes away, and, then, and he comes back, and he, there's, a, there's an argument going on, and Jesus is looking. And um, so then Jesus casts out this spirit himself. And the, the, later the disciples asked, why couldn't we drive out that spirit? And Jesus says this kind comes only through prayer and fasting. And Jesus was able to cast out that evil spirit. But I want to just to finish by asking a question. What areas are you struggling with? What areas do you need, do we need to bring to God in prayer? What are the areas that actually we want God to do a work of transformation in our heart? Is it pride? Do we have selfishness that we battle with? Do we have anger? Do we have a temper? Maybe struggling in the area of lust or some other, what area is it that you want to get honest with God and say, God, would you please shine your light in that area? Help me to bring change to that area so that I can be the best that I can for you. If you want help, then get alone with God and do business with Him. Deal with issues of pride, selfishness, bitterness, Bitterness, hatred, resentment, whatever it is. But every day, day after day, go to that place and be intimate with God. Change the way that maybe you've done things. You may have done things in a particular way that have brought certain results for I don't know how many years. But, you know, we can grow and change, can't we, in our relationship with him and press into him more and discover another facet. You will never, however theologically trained you are and whatever knowledge you have about God you will never ever get to the end of discovering just of different facets and things about his character never because actually we you know that is who God it, actually God wouldn't be God if we could just know him and understand him would he it's um it's amazing so as Christians as children of God it's an everyday decision to pray, God, not my will, but yours. I'm going to lay my life down for you in total surrender. Mold me today, shape me, prepare me for whatever you want me to do today. And the invitation from God is, come. Come into my presence, God says. Come boldly. Come because I love you. Come because you're precious, Come because I want to give you mercy. Come, I, I, come to me because I want to help you in your time of need. So I'm just going to finish there. But um, God's undefinable, unlimited love is calling us today for an intimate relationship with him. So that he can make a radical difference in our lives, so that he can speak those words into our hearts, I love you, you're my child, you're precious, you're of value, you're significant, only because of what Jesus has done. But that's what he wants to speak over us, and to remind us again that actually we are invited to come boldly before his throne. Shall we take God up on his invitation? Shall we? Come on. <laughs> Isn't it incredible that, that actually that is his invitation to come boldly? So I want us to respond to God today, to open our hearts to him. If you today, and every single one of us here, we need to encounter his mercy afresh. I'll be, I'm the first one to say, yes, God, would you do that in me? Do we need to encounter God's grace today? Do you need to encounter God's love afresh today? Do you need to accept Jesus today for the first time? I tell you, there is nothing like living a life knowing that the the rest of your life is under his control, but you have an eternal purpose as well because of what Jesus, our, our eternity is assured. So, I just want to encourage you today. Don't shy away from God. Don't hold back. Don't be reluctant. But the Bible says, "Come boldly." Come boldly, knowing how precious you are to Him. So I just want to uh, to pray um, for us today. Maybe we can just close our eyes. And uh, I'd I'd love to pray with somebody today, if there is anybody that you say actually I'm not sure if I'm a Christian. Or I'm not sure actually if this love that's been talked about is, is for me. I've never given my heart to God. And I did that as a young boy. And I remember uh, responding and f- thinking, goodness, everybody's looking at me. But I tell you, I, the, the encounter of God's Spirit on my life and just sensing love being poured into me and, and sin and he, the weight of just carrying burdens around. Just lift it off in a moment. And God can do that for you. God wants to do it for you. So I don't know if there's anybody here uh, today who say, actually I want to give my life to God. I want to return to Him. I want to give my life to the first to God for the first time. Is there anybody here? I, if there is, can you just put up your hand just so I can pray for you? I'm not going to call you to come out, but I'd love to pray for you. You want to Come back and surrender your life to God. If there is anybody, just, let's just take this moment just to, to pray and to ask God to come afresh. If there is anybody here, I want you, you can just say these words after me. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you died on a cross to take my sin upon yourself that I may become your child that my past may be forgiven and my future assured today I choose to give my life to you the rights of my life I give to you that you would come and forgive me and draw me to yourself I turn away from my sin, I repent and I start a new life today with you. Thank you that you accept me. Thank you for your love that took Jesus to the cross for me. Today I begin a new journey as a, as a Christian, as your child. And help me and fill me with your spirit so that every day I may live as your child. In Jesus' name, amen.